0: Is life insurance a part of your estate plan? My name is Andrew Merzench and this is Prime Law Podcast, your recommended dose of legal juice. Today on the show we're talking about life insurance. Now let's start off with a common misconception. Life insurance alone is not an estate plan. Rather, it is an element of your estate plan and can be an essential part to making sure that your wishes are fulfilled. Now, in the realm of life insurance, we need to talk about how insurance fits into your estate plan and whether or not you need it. There are some instances where you do not. So, first off, let's start off with what kinds of life insurance there are. In my realm as an estate planner, we generally deal with two kinds of insurance, whole life and term life. There are other forms of life insurance out there, such as burial insurance, special needs insurance, and other policies. However, in the estate planning realm, we're going to focus on the two main ones that we see. Those are term life and whole life. Let's hop right in to term life insurance. Term life insurance, as the name implies, is a type of insurance that, for a certain term chosen by the policyholder, The insurance company will take premiums in exchange for taking on the risk that someone will die. And by someone, I mean a specific someone, not just anyone. What the policyholder does is they choose a death benefit. That death benefit can be a certain amount. It can be as low as a few thousand dollars all the way to multi-million dollar policies. The policyholder also chooses the beneficiary, those persons or entities or charities or whatever, that would receive the payout in the event that the policy has a payout, that is in the event that the person who is insured dies. Term life insurance also has what is called the term. The term is a period chosen by the policyholder for the policy to be in effect. That could be as little as five, could be as much as 50 years. And usually I find that they are in increments of five, but you can get custom policies that go down to even months or as long as decades. It just depends on what you're trying to protect. Now, here's the big thing about term life policies, though. They are much less expensive than whole life policies because of the fact that they are only in effect for a certain term. What that means is that the policy may not have to pay out that death benefit it may not have to pay out those thousands or millions of dollars that are put through as the death benefit because it does not pay out unless the person dies during the term of the policy which is a great segue into whole life insurance whole life insurance is the type of insurance where it's also known as permanent insurance. And that is because it does not matter when the person who is insured dies. It just matters that the policy is in effect. And because it is whole life or permanent, it will make a payout at the end of the person's life. So if the policyholder keeps the policy active, it remains in effect. And whether a person passes away five years or 50 years after the insurance is purchased, the death benefit will still be paid out. And the other side of whole life insurance is that many times they also include an investment component. What happens is that in whole life insurance, the insurance company always bills slightly above the premium. What I mean by that is that the premium is fixed for the term of payments of the policy. Um, Many of you out there may have had your grandparents purchase a whole life policy on you and whether you would have died at the age of six months or if you had paid all the premiums up to what is known as the pay-up date, usually about age 95 or 96, what that means is after that age you no longer have to pay a premium but you still will have the death benefit. And what the insurance companies know is that when you're very young, your risk of having a payout is very low. And when you're older with more health issues and just aging, their risk of having to make a payout goes up. And so because they have the fixed payment, they front load all of the premiums. Meaning that even if you're paying a premium of a hundred and some dollars per month or a hundred and some dollars per year, depending on when the policy was enacted, what happens is that you're paying upfront a lot of the administrative costs, but then there's extra over the premium. This gets turned into a cash value that is invested by the insurance company on your behalf. And this is where a lot of insurance companies make the marketing statement of why whole life is better than term life. I'm not going to give an opinion today as to whether we are better suited with term life or whole life. I'll leave that to you, but you'll get to know what my opinion is in due course. So let's talk a little bit first about what each type of insurance has in common. First off, both term and whole life have a death benefit. That means they will pay out in the event of a death of the insured. Now both also typically require a medical exam of some kind. Now this is not always the case, especially if you have what's called a group situation or an individual term policy because they're just taking on the risk of a general group of people. However, if you are getting into larger amounts or if you are older when you apply for the insurance, many times they will require a medical exam. Both types of insurance do have price premiums that are based on risk. That means that if you or other policyholders have health issues, then that group will have higher premiums. Especially if you're applying for term life insurance that is geared towards healthy people. They want to know what their risk premium is. And whether that be medical issues due to previous genetic problems such as autoimmune diseases or say you have health issues due to your weight or family history. Those are taken into effect. Finally, in most states, and Illinois is one of these, death benefits are typically tax-free for the beneficiaries, meaning when that death benefit is paid, there is no income tax on the person or entity receiving those proceeds. (music) about what they have in common let's talk about some of the differences now one of the biggest differences you will know is the cost term life insurance is not just cheaper but far cheaper and the reason for that is that they aren't in effect for as long remember a whole life policy is for the entire life of the insured whereas a term life is only for that set period of 5 10 15 20 30 40 years so these policies aren't in effect for as long as a whole life, and therefore the term life insurance policy is going to be cheaper. They also have no guaranteed payout of the death benefit. Say that you have a term insurance policy for 20 years, and you get to 20 years and one month, and that insured dies. They don't have a payout, because of that, their risk is lower. Another thing is there's no investment component. So they don't have those costs associated with it of administering the investments and also holding the investments. And finally, the policies don't acquire that cash value. So they are significantly cheaper and in many times, many cases, they are a better option for an estate plan than they are with a whole life insurance. So what it is is term life policies are a more affordable life insurance option, but they don't have that increase in value. They really are not an asset. Whereas whole life policies serve as an investment vehicle. And this is the big disparity between these two types of insurance which is a whole life insurance policy can be considered an asset that's growing in value. Whereas a term life is more of just a term of years with a liability, which does not have any value except for if the death benefit is paid. So what are the pros and cons of each kind of insurance? Well, when you're considering which one to buy, it's always the case where the younger, the healthier, that's the time to buy your insurance because it's going to be cheaper over the long term. So the pros of whole life insurance, well, you are going to have a payout. At the end of your life, no matter when that is, there will be a death benefit paid to you or to your beneficiaries. The other thing is that they can serve as an investment vehicle where they accrue a cash value and they can also avoid many estate taxes because of the nature of insurance policy. One of the cons of whole life insurance, though, is the investment returns are probably not as generous as your other investments. This is speaking from a personal point. I am eternally grateful to my parents for taking out a whole life policy when I was born, within a month, actually, or maybe it was two. Not entirely sure but what happened was is i tracked the returns of that when i became of age there was a provision that made it so that way i owned the policy when i turned 18 and i received this policy and i paid the premiums and i looked at how much of the value of my premiums was going towards the administrative costs and how much was going into this investment component and it came out that that investment portfolio was generating about four percent returns per year on what was invested not on my premium. So what that means is that I was receiving 4%, and for those of you who are financial nerds, I consider myself one of them, the stock market usually returns between 9 and 11%, usually right around there, sometimes down at 30%, sometimes up 40%. But on average, the rule of thumb is the stock market gives you 10%. So you're not going to become a billionaire off of life insurance, especially whole life. Looking at term life, Again, the biggest pro is how cheap it can be, and it provides that coverage for when it's needed. Most people take out term life insurance to protect a specific thing, usually income over a period of time. Word to the wise in estate planning. If you do not have the assets to pay for your kid's college or to pay off your mortgage, this is the perfect time to have a term life policy. And the reason for that, say that you were to pass away and your kids were only a few years old, how would they pay for their college? It's wonderful that you've had this term life policy that you took out that you pay every month in that event because it'll pay for their college. Or, in a, again, another personal story, I love my husband to death. Um, but i also know that if i were to pass away it would be very hard for him to be able to make the mortgage payments and live as we do so what we then do is i have a term life insurance policy that in the event that i were to pass away over the next 20 or 30 years this policy would automatically pay off our mortgage so my husband could continue to live in the house and not be burdened by that we're having the conversation now about whether or not we're going to have kids and as soon as my kids are born or adopted we are going to take out term insurance policies that will pay for their college in the event that we pass away. And that's what term life protects. And that's the advantage of it versus whole life, because I can put a specific insurance towards a specific goal. And you'll notice that that is where the estate plan is. Whole life does provide a lifelong plan, but really you're just waiting around to die. Whereas in a term life, you are saying this policy serves this purpose. And again, as an estate planner, that tickles my heart. So as you're always thinking about this, do you need term or do you need whole life? I've made it clear, I believe, that whole life doesn't fit within my current situation. However, there are cases where whole life insurance can be a part of the estate plan. And that is if you know for a fact that you will always have people who are dependent on you, even after you pass away. And that is a time when you should consider a whole life policy, because you know that you will need that death benefit someday. So that takes us through the two main types of insurance that I see as an estate planner. There is another way to use insurance in your estate plan, and that is using a life insurance trust. Now, I know on this podcast, we have not yet gone into depth on trusts, and I'm looking forward to doing that soon. But I want to talk to you about it, though, because putting life insurance into a trust can be very useful. To get the mile-wide, inch-deep analysis out, a trust basically is a separate entity that is bound to do what its grantor, that's the person who's made the trust and established its provisions, has told the trust to do. And what you can do with a life insurance trust is have certain things happen. And again, I'll bring in my own personal situation because I think it is uh, emulative of when this is wise to do it. Um, Again, I've told you that my husband and i if i were to pass away i'm the main breadwinner, and what that means for us is that if i pass away i know for certain that we need to pay the house i have certain funeral expenses that i want to have done and i think more importantly i want to make sure he's taken care of so what that means that we do is i have set up a trust vehicle and what that trust vehicle does is When the life insurance were, or I should say if the life insurance were to be paid out, it would go into this trust. This trust would pay off my mortgage, pay my funeral expenses, pay off the taxes, and then it would make monthly distributions to my husband to make sure that he lives for a year without any income from me. That's how a life insurance trust can be very useful because I have a very specific plan as to how I want those insurance policies to work. Well, that wraps it up for this episode. I do want to thank you for listening and I do sincerely hope that you learned a little bit about how to integrate life insurance into your estate plan and also that you got my message at the front. Life insurance is not a substitute for estate planning. Rather, it is an element of estate planning. Should you be in need of help putting together your estate plan, you can always visit me at primelawgroup.com. Look for the Prime Law podcast there. I'm Andrew Mertzich and we'll see you next time. Disclaimer, this podcast is a production of Prime Law Group, LLC, who are attorneys licensed only in the state of Illinois. The primary purpose of this podcast is educational in nature and does not constitute legal advice of any kind. While we love that you're a devout listener, please note that no attorney-client relationship is created by you listening or acting upon anything you hear in this podcast. References to any specific product or service does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation of the same. The views expressed by guests on the show are their own. Their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. For more information, please visit www.primelawgroup.com.